listening to the Bored to Death Horror Cast, rendering scary movies and TV shows into wet, chewable chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome to the Bored to Death Horror Cast for 2021. Oh, yes, time. the binge czar is here for Horror Cast this year. I know uh, it, ain't, it ain't too spoopy for you this time. No, I figured I figured I might as well just deal with it. So, uh, I am Jay, being joined by Sam and Chris. And this year for Horrorcast, we are kicking it off with VHS ninety four. It was I found this out by mistake. I was screwing around looking at um, Voodoo, mm. and it just came across as. I was looking up different movies on Rotten Tomato after I saw it on Voodoo, and then all of a sudden VHS was up there with a 100% tomato score because it was viewed at a film festival mm. previously. and had 10 full critic reviews at 100%. Well, damn. And I'm like, holy crap, what are they saying about it? VHS is going back to its roots. If you liked 1 and 2, you'll love 94. Because there was a third one, and then there was an offshoot double X, okay. which was all female directors, female leads. I think I remember like hearing about that one. I should preface this by saying I have not seen any of the previous VHS things. I know only that it's horror anthology. Yes. I haven't either. So that sort of surprised both me and Sam because we figured this would have been the sort of thing. I was that surprised. I, I mean, knew, knew you wouldn't have seen it, but yes. I mean, I, I don't really watch a whole lot of anthology I didn't before uh, movies. the first one. Like, I did. I have seen the original Creep Show. Um, I did watch that, and that's pretty much it. I don't remember if I've seen any other ones. And it sounds like somebody just dropped something in the kitchen. Yeah, that's just the, that's just the house ghost starting to make some noise because it's that time of year. It's like, oh, don't wait for me. I'm coming down. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, you foul going down the stairs. Yeah, I I wasn't a part of any of the horror cast stuff last year because. While I find horror stuff fascinating, at the same time I try not to expose you myself. A gem. I try not to expose too much of my, myself to it because it's the sort of thing that's going to lurk in the back of my head and it's going to keep oh. me up at night. I mean, uh, but I figured, what what the hell? Uh, I should just go ahead and do it. Yolo, basically. <laughs> and hey, who knows? Maybe it'll give me some inspiration for for Sorry, writing. Sorry, I should say the stuff. more adult way. Uh, carpe diem. Yeah, there you go. The original way. The, the, the only way. Yes, correct. So, um, with with VHS, the first one, the anthology hooked me in because I saw a little bit of clips of the trailer, and it looked really good and interesting because you got these different stories. The bookends are amazing in the first one. I liked all but probably one of the short stories. I mean, I didn't dislike it. In the second movie, I actually had one I really, really didn't like. You know, kind of, I just, for reasons, I, I just didn't like it. And the others were good, and the bookends were good. The third one was VHS Viral, um, which took a little a different scope on it, and the uh, bookend product was a little more involved in it, which was very strange. Hmm. Double X, I can't remember a whole lot of. I just remember I didn't really like most of the stories. But if VHS 94 goes back to the roots of 1 and 2... And it's as good as some of the reviews say it is. And it's going to 94. Isn't that more of our, our, our time to shine as uh, whatever the hell gens we are that they want to classify us as? I still consider myself tail end of uh, Gen X. Very like tail end. Because 1981 is sort of in that weird... 
it's not it, nobody's really quite sure where where they want to classify it. You wouldn't like where, where what it says online that we are. Oh yeah, I and definitely. You, you are in it. Uh, no, 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 no. You, I, you, I flat out disagree with that because I do not have that mentality. It doesn't mean it, it just means the the age the time is there. The mentality doesn't have to be. I you know, and I my cousin grew up in a different era. He has a different mentality. That, than but his that, era see, as well. that's where I disagree. You have to have both the era and the mentality to be lumped in with that generation. But people just see a number and call it the generation. So yeah, and that's I just disagree. Uh, just with that. because they say boomers doesn't mean that somebody in that generation is going to act as what they would be considered a boomer. That's I'm, it's just this is why we shouldn't don't <laughs> don't label people. Yes. Maybe just don't label people. I'm a horror connoisseur. Oh, I just remember. I did watch most of ABC's of Death. ABC's of Death is very excellent. I think it's done in the same mentality and possibly the same group. I didn't read too much into it, but I mean, I don't. I didn't finish it. Uh, it's a long fucker too. It because really it's a is. Z. Yeah, it really is. They did. Um, they did some really funny ones and some good ones in there. Well, the funny one that I remember from that was F? the uh, was the uh, the Japanese execution one where the guy kept like the guy who was being executed kept making funny faces, and he kept <laughs> oh, yeah, the, that one? and he kept distracting the guy, the executioner, uh, and a lot of the funny faces were just ones where you're just like, wait. What? They do some like weird CG or like face putty on mm. it because it was ridiculous. Yeah, like there was one where the guy's eyes were floating in the air. Do you remember what what F was? No. Like I said, it's it. it oh, I'm not going to say anything because we we might come back around on one of these. We might do an anthology month or something because it, I kind of want to revisit some of these with you guys. If you don't remember it, and he's never seen it. Yeah. I think he would. There were some really disturbing bits in those. There were. And then there were some really funny ones to break up the, the disturbingness. Like, some of them actually shook me, and it was like, it takes a lot to mess with me. Yeah. I I don't like body horror. I don't like, uh, like, I saw the first Hostel, and the thing that really fucked with me the most was the blowtorch to the eye on the, the, the poor Japanese girl. Oh, yeah, and the guy had to cut it off. Oh, it fucking just that. I I almost turned off the movie then. I just was so close to the end at that point. I was like, That's my right. dad. My dad came home at the end where she just saw herself and jumped in front of the train, and he's like, "What the fuck are you watching?" I go, "Something I'm never watching again." <laughs> and he's like, "I sure as shit hope not." <laughs> so yeah, um, I think he came in a little bit before that too, but he's like. Up. But it's a but it's a relatively short one. Uh, this is on, and this is a Shutter original. We are watching yep. this on Shutter. Um, it's only 102 minutes, so uh, there's no purpose nice. for me to do shoutouts. But I, I I used code Jake Monroe for Monroe Music and his live stream not live streams and his other uh, reviews. Yep, that he does. Uh, yeah, we're not we don't often give a whole lot of shoutouts uh, on. I love on the binge cast. his music is great. If you get the chance, check him out. If you like metal. Okay, um, but I don't really have anything else to end uh, add. I, uh, you know, I have no preconceived notions about going into this because I haven't Woo. seen any of the previous ones. Uh, all I know is it's probably going to sit in the back of my head. But who knows? Maybe I can somehow take some of what I see and turn it into inspiration for, my, oh, for the stuff case, I want to write. In that case, we really need to get you to watch John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy, because those well, will we definitely... Well, we are planning on doing that. Because <laughs> those will definitely be sitting in the back of your head. Uh, John, I, are, are, we, are we going for John Carpenter's November? 
Yeah, I think we will. I think uh, after Horrorcast is done, or at least no, Horrorcast is just going to turn into a two month thing. Yeah, we're going to sure, do. Why not? We're going to. We're going to. Uh, you know, just in November, it's going to become John Carpenter Month. All right, apocalypse somebody trilogy, else so. shoes out for that one. Because <laughs> my stuff expires in a month, and anyway. I don't like to watch horror movies outside of Spooky Month. Oh, screw it. I love watching horror movies. <laughs> but I have too many streaming services that, I'm that's, watching that's, that's That's fair. Well, yeah. that plus John's done more than just horror. Like, I know. He did, what was it, They Live with Roddy Piper? That, uh, you said it's not like like a quote-unquote horror movie? It's it may not a comedy. <laughs> what? It's a comedy. Okay. Action comedy. All right. Anyway, that's considered horror. VHS ninety four. Uh, so that's going to be all for this intro. So we'll be back after the binge. As we consume our fare, give us a like and subscribe. If you wish to commune with us, then seek us out on social media on Facebook and Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Board to Death Clan is part of the CKCZ Radio Hive which includes J Bunny's Music Hub, The Race Nerd Podcast, Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, Motivational Moves, Park Hopper 101, and The Nerd Table. To appease the Elder Gods, contribute to the CKCC Radio Patreon. Now the binge has finished, so let us purge. And we're back. So... I, I, I like anthology things where there is like a either like a framing sort of thing or if it's all like in a shared like universe kind of thing. This I feel like was more just a framework yeah. than anything. The only one that we know for certain was in sort of the same universe as the framing narrative was the last one, Terror. Though I did see you did see the, you did see the coffin from the Empty Wake, yeah. And then there was a. Uh... Something to do with Ratma that we saw after that. One. Yeah, um, but the framing—the framing story in VHS ninety four is uh, a SWAT team is going in to raid a uh, warehouse where there's some sort of cult activity going on. They thought it was uh, they were doing a drug den. That's right, because there was some sort of stuff that was being distrib- distributed <clears throat> potentially from there, and we did see some sort of weird goop that was being. That was the reference to the Ratma. Yeah. Um, and when they, and when they burst in there, they find, yeah, there's like a weird ass cult. There's like TVs sort of all over the place. And of course this is like 1994. So the quality is, you know, in in everything, it's all VHS. It's got the, it's got the the name. It's all got the TV film grain effects sort of thing going on with the tracking lines. I was saying that uh, I feel like this is what Paranormal Activity 2 should have been because that was supposed to have taken place in the 90s and the video footage from that was way, way too, too clean. clean. Yeah. Um, and then while they're just... And they have a cameraman there, I guess, I guess just to record it to, for liability purposes, maybe, to protect... Well, I think it was more because it was more widespread on the news so they could have documentation. That's right. Um and while they're in this first room where they and there are like dead bodies everywhere, they all have their eyes like ripped out. And they're uh, on the floor. They're and they're around. on the floor. They're they're like cradled into people's hands and, and everything. And then the camera sort of focuses briefly on one of the TVs as a video starts like flickering on there. And then we're into the video, which is basically and this that one which is titled Storm Drain 
deals with this TV news reporter uh, going around getting interviews from people about a cryptid of sorts that people have been spotting in the in the vicinity of the town that they call the Rat Man. And this reporter is talking with this creepy guy with an, who's being interviewed with an AR-15 in his hands. <laughs> Which I was, I'm just like... Do you think he was connected to the last one? Possibly. We don't, there's no real easy way to tell, but... Um, it's, it's possible. But after they're done with the, the interview, they... She and her cameraman go back to the to the van and to sort of their news van to report in about uh, everything. And somebody there wants wants them to get a shot of her in the storm drain that this guy pointed to as being saying is like that. I've seen seen it in there, and so she somewhat reluctantly has to go back because they don't want her to come back to the studios without. Some 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 role of her something that's gonna break the news. Yeah, and while they're uh, while he, she's literally just doing a piece to camera with the storm drain, you know, in the mouth of the storm drain, the cameraman spots something in the background. And they well, first he said you have to, he wanted you in the storm drain. She was like right at the edge. Yeah, and so they go a little bit further in, and that's when he spots the uh, spots something in the. In, further in the storm drain, and it's like a homeless man's bed with like a sleeping bag. He think it looks like there might have been something uh, in there, but when he pulls it open, it's just like a bunch of junk. And yeah, stuffed bunny, and and she goes on. And I was like, do you think they like there's children living down here in this thing? And so then she decides, why don't we make this into a story about the humanitarian the, 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 piece. Uh, humanitarian piece, the state of homelessness in in America, kind of thing? Because she makes some comments like. This is disgusting. We're the richest nation on the on the planet, and we treat people like this. So, they go a little bit further in, and she round she's like comes to a corner and stops. And when he catches up to her, you can just see a figure like in the darkness, sort of staring at them, and then turns and just walks into the shadows. And while we're watching this, I was I'm just like that'd be the part where I just be like, nope, and just turn and leave. It's like we got everything right. Yep, let's go. Yeah, but uh, they. You know they're a bit weirded out, and then they spot like a little like homeless, like nest kind of thing in the in. The... It was a tent and some stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And when they when they go in to sort of look around, he's looking at some sort of like shape just sort of lying there on the floor, and then an eye opens. He reels back in shock, drops his drops his camera, and she's like trying to like calm him down. See, so just like something go past the camera. And rather than leave, or is like, is that the point where they leave, or is it? Do they try to go a little bit? No, that's right. Because they talk to the guy. Yeah, that's right. They talk to Bill. That's right. Bill, the uh, black goo covered homeless man. Well, he was. It was just. He was just sort of covered in black stuff. It wasn't quite goo. It was. It had like dried. It was like dried. It looked like he was playing around in a swamp. Mm-hmm. And they're just sort of talking to him, and and she's like, "Are you living alone down here?" Or you know, and he's just. And he then just sort of looks up at, uh, he just says, Ratma. You know, and she's like, did you say Ratman? And he just sort of looks up at her and starts smiling as this black goo starts dripping out of his mouth. And that's the point where they're just like, okay, let's go. We got what we need. And, uh, yeah, Jeff, the cameraman, starts running. uh, And then 
he hears her scream, turns around. He's just like, you know, he's like, he like calls after her and he's just like, uh, you know, he turns to leave and then we get a jump scare as there's somebody waiting for him right there and just cut to later. They're in the, like this sort of space in the, in the storm drain there. And somebody else is holding the camera as she wakes up, her hands are sort of tied together with a bunch of like plastic bags which was a nice little touch. And she's just surrounded by all these homeless people just sort of standing there staring at her. Most of them have that same sort of dried black stuff all over them, all over themselves. And there's this one guy who's not quite as dirty as the rest of them. Creepy. Looks looks like the guy from the, like the those uh, commercials where the guy's like, I try to turn make sure that people don't turn into their parents for like the... Uh, home and auto insurance, one of the companies, I forget which one. He reminded me a lot of that guy, a lot of that guy, but it's just like, he didn't have as much of the goo all over himself as he was He didn't have anything. He was, yeah. he was clean. And he was a well, he was way more well-spoken than, than any of the rest of them. Granted, most of them weren't talking at all, but then they bring out cameraman Jeff, uh, and they just sort of put him on his knees as, uh, the, they, then point the camera towards this one uh, pipe, and then you get a glimpse of the Rat Man, <laughs> and a weird looking thing. Yeah, what, what did you call I, him, Chris? I, I, I said it looked like a cross between a xenomorph and yeah, a rat. I said it looked like a flesh covered xenomorph. <laughs> yeah, very kind of like the hybrid from uh, Alien Resurrection. Yeah, <laughs> and it, you know they have to like turn the turn the light off on the camera because the it's lights the light. and it just sort of crawls out like sort of screaming and carrying on and then it just sort of spits this black goo out the well-spoken guy just takes like a little dish like scoops some of it up goes over to jeff and pours it on him and it starts like smoking and jeff starts screaming and burning him like acid which sam was like it is a xenomorph it's got acid blood (laughs) and then and then they do the same thing and then they do the same he wasn't uh he wasn't righteous yeah and so then they decide they're going to do the same thing to her, and they yeah. pour it on her. And you oh see, no, it didn't pour it on her. They oh, brought her all the way up to him, and, and he just kind of like barfed that shit. And on Ratma, her head. yeah, Ratma just sort of drooled it all over her as she's like screaming. And then we cut to news report in studios. The anchor. Well, no, we got the commercial first. Oh, that's right, the veggie masher. Is <laughs> <laughs> a was, mock of the slap chop? Yeah, very nineties slap chop sort of food processor kind of thing. Oh, which which looks like it would have created more of a mess than anything. Well, yes, that's sort of the that's sort of the joke with it. Um, but then, and then it cuts to like studio, the anchor man is just sort of like we have footage now of our uh, of our colleague, you know, they mentioned her name, I can't remember what it was. Holly. And what? Holly. Holly, that's right. And it shows her it shows uh, like a like a news report crew and with some police like helping her up out of a storm drain. She's got like the same, she's got like black goo dried, streaked all over herself. But not nearly as like covered. Covered, yeah. And then he like, and then the camera pulls back in studio. Anchorman has her like right next to her and she's getting ready to, and she then does the, he goes, oh, it's glad to have you back. I'm still haven't, we, before that, I still hadn't found the cameraman. That's right. They still hadn't, they still hadn't located the cameraman. And then she does like a little, piece about the upcoming fall festival fall fe- pumpkin festival That's what it was. but as she's saying it she keeps dropping the word ratma into everything 
It's like, and we'll see who's the 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 fairest of them all, fairest Ratma of them all, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And you can see that he's just sort of like looking at her, like what? And then she starts like like sort of like coughing a little bit as she, as some black goo drips from her from her mouth. She sort of like spits a little bit, and then he's like, "All right, can we like can we like cut?" And she then turns, barfs a whole bunch of it onto his face. She like projectile vomited it onto his face. Oh yeah, and he starts screaming and. And he starts like tearing his own face off. It, it gave me some major Fly Two vibes of when the Fly did something similar to one of the guards that was in the facility that he was in in that film, where like even right after his face had been completely melted off, he was still breathing. Yep. And she then just sort of like clean, cleans off her cleans off her chin and does like the little like she well, does the weather report and and and, and now. And now let's take a look at the weather. And then she looks at the, right at the well, camera. She and goes, sports afterwards. And sports and sports afterwards. Then looks at the camera and just goes, "Hail Ratma." <laughs> she says. She even says the sports. She did the weather like nothing had happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a little. It was a little bit unsettling, but it was just like the all of that practical effects. Uh, the practical effects was was, was all was, the was, face peeling and the mm-hmm. Ratma were both practical effects I, I i i appreciated that and um then uh the next segment uh was the empty wake i mean i'm gonna just sort of gloss over the framework stuff in between the framework was just them getting different places getting to different places in this uh, in this warehouse complex or whatever seeing more weird shit, seeing more weird shit and uh them getting separated from the other members of the swat unit and slater the the big guy in, in the group is just in, very much in favor of like calling in backup and or getting the fuck out of there or whatever. But the empty wake, uh, very minimalist in terms of like set set and, and everything. A lot of them were in that respect. The one that I think had the, had the most was definitely going to be the subject, but yeah. Uh, but the empty wake it's in a funeral parlor and they have a, you know, the casket set up and they, they're set up to have a wake for this, like high schooler or something, was was he supposed to be? I'm not sure what he was supposed to be. Um, but you know, and the clients just wanted to have a wake, and it was going to be in the evening. I think, I think he was the guy who basically ran the funeral parlor. He was essentially like you know, I guess it could there say, was one was the manager, one was the uh, the the, the coroner, coroner, yeah, or the Up embalmer, the yeah, the the guy that works with the bodies. Yep, um, and. Yeah, well, those those two, but the guy in the in the in the coffin was not like connected to the funeral parlor in, in any way. But regardless, they're they're having a wake that evening. Someone wanted to have a wake late at night, and they at like paid nine extra p- at, at nine p.m. And they they were paying extra to do it. No, pay, paid extra to film it. Yes, that's that's right. Because for a memorial three video, three extra cameras, three cameras, and so she and she's there. just sort of like, aren't most memorial videos just going to be like home videos and stuff and the managers just like they paid yeah everybody grieves in different ways this is what the client wanted so this is what we're doing and so we just basically see her after both the manager and the and the embalmer uh leave and the embalmer the embalmer makes some comment about how he put he put i put him back together as best as best i could um, but there wasn't much left of his yeah you do you do get like subtle hints to what happened to the guy in the coffin. As the embalm as the embalmer makes a few like real black humor sort of <laughs> sort of comments. 
on it and keeps telling uh, telling the girl, you know, just like, you know, go ahead and lift lift up the lift up the lid. It's like <laughs> it'll make you feel better because she thought that he moved. That was one of the one subtle hint at the very beginning. He's like, well, what happened to the yeah? Because because the, cause the, co- the co- no, he's like, why is the coffin? Crooked. crooked. I, I didn't set it up that way. And they're like, oh, I think I bumped into it on accident. Yeah. Um, but they leave, and we just sort of skip over, you know, the next several hours as she's just there by herself. Changing tapes. Changing tapes. Reading books. Reading books, calling up her friend just to have somebody to talk to. And you can, there's like a clock. Well, on she was also curious about the guy because she hadn't heard about it and wanted to know if there was anything well especially after um she thinks she hears a knocking sound from inside the in, from inside well, the that's casket. that's one of the times she ended up calling mm-hmm. yeah and there's a storm uh coming tornado through the air with a tornado watch in effect um and the light and the there are a few points where the lights sort of flicker and you can see the lightning outside um and then at one point the it, the lights go out completely so she grabs one of the cameras so that she has a flashlight because it has a light attached to it so she can see where she's going. She goes into like the storeroom to get a candelabra, brings it out into the main hall and sets it down to start lighting lighting the uh, candles. And then the power comes back on. So she's like, oh, great. And so she blows out the candles and goes back to sitting around for a while. But she keeps hearing the knocking sound from inside the casket. And she calls up the embalmer who's just sort of like, I've told, I've explained about this. You know, you know what's going on. And she's like, it's gases escaping the body and causing like muscle muscle contractions and stuff. I mean, you made some comment, uh, Chris, about like a case where like a body sat up in a. In uh, a... It was a person who we used to know. Uh-huh. Uh, her mom was telling me this one story about how she was at a funeral. And uh, this is like after the funeral had literally just ended. Everybody's out in like the lobby or whatever. And next thing she heard was a scream coming from the room where the body was at. She runs in there to see what was wrong. The person who had screamed was laying on the floor like they had fainted. They look over in the coffin. The body had apparently sat up. <laughs> supposedly like... I, I the rigor mortis or something? No, no. It had something to do with like, I guess like gases in the body or something like that. Just like a little bit of gas and just what caused the body to set up. It's kind of like that episode of Futurama where Bender became human, got fat, and was sitting Well, that was just, that was just like, that was just like air trapped in the folds of his, folds of his fat. Yeah, well, I was, I was thinking it was kind of like that, where it's yeah. just like, as they were rolling, it was going, woo! Yeah. Um, but she, you know, sort of freaks out from all this. Uh, but then finally, at one point, this, this weird guy shows up uh, did we did we realize what time it was in the? It was it was past midnight at that point. Okay, I didn't know if it was like one or not. Well, Jay was the one keeping an eye on the clock because I figured everything was going to start kicking off around midnight. Because come on, witching hour. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's that is I think when the power started going out. But you know that was that's about it. Well, regardless, um, this guy shows up, sort of shabbily dressed, but not like. Not like tattered clothes or anything. Just guys not didn't like put on his nicest suit, sort of thing. And looked like he put it, he got dressed in a rush. Yeah, and has like a vaguely foreign accent. And she, you know, he sort of apologizes. He's the only one that showed up. You know, I, you know, makes some comments that he was late. That he was late. You know, it's like because of the storm and everything. And he it's just like, yeah, there's a tornado watch. And he just has a seat, you know, near the front. You know, sort of looking at the casket and just starts speaking and. Some foreign language. Oh, she also asked him, like, 
How did how did you know him? And he uh, just sort of gave a no no response to it. Yeah, he just blatant, just straight <laughs> brushed off her question. Yep, and and then once he's done reciting whatever it is he's reciting in that in you know magic words or whatever, he just calmly gets up and leaves, and. She then finally gets well, a call. Well, I don't think you noticed this or not, but he, he was holding his hand up. Yeah. Towards the coffin. So, so yeah, every, you guys were all just sort of like he's casting a spell. Um, but then there was the, the call she got from her friend uh, that she had asked to look up, like, stuff in the obituary. And her friend calls back and it's just like, he wasn't in the obituaries. He was on, like, the front page. And he had been, like, on the roof of a building. Uh, like incanting, yeah, you know, speaking and speaking in tongues or whatever, and then like threw himself off the the roof. Yeah, and she's just, and then the power goes out again. That she loses like all kinds of uh, like everything. Everything's just off. Yeah, and she, I think at that point she like knocked on the on the the coffin again and heard a knock back because she'd knocked on it before. Hadn't heard anything, so she was like, I must have imagined it. But this time, there was a definite knocking sound from within. And, like, the coffin, like, rocked, and, like, the picture on top of it fell off. And that's when she was like, nope, I'm out. And she just, with the camera, so she has the light, heads for the door and finds that the doors leading out have been chained shut. Those chains look way too new. Like, they had just been bought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just been put on, like, by the weird foreign guy. And she then... Turns around, goes back into the into the parlor, and the and the coffin is fallen open and is empty. And there's like dry blood. Yeah, the... there's like fresh blood, sort of like on the interior of it. And then, as she's looking around, she sees the 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 guy just sort of standing there facing the facing the wall. And she's like calls out to him, and then he turns around and like half of, like half of his head is gone. <laughs> And it's just like, but it's not like the, just like the top half. It's like diagonal. It's like the eyes are the eyes are missing. The entire top half of his head is gone. It, it looks like the blind monster from. Uh, uh, damn it! I can't remember the name of that Korean uh, series that's on Sweet Home. Yeah, Sweet yeah. Home. That's what it looks like. And she freaks out, and uh, she like scur- scurries back, and is like trying to hide behind the chairs as she realizes she and, turned off the light, and then kept turning it back on to see if he would notice. And, and realized, and she he realized he's, he, that the body is blind, but and is being attracted to sound. So she's like moving around over towards the uh, towards the coffin because there's like a little remote to click on like the music and the speakers and everything. And there was also like a button that would cause the tape to eject from one of the cameras, I think. Because the manager had warned her about that, and she, as she's look, as she's like hiding over there, she there's the top half of the head. Well, the it's staring at her. No, it was its eyes were its she the kept, eye was. She kept checking back on it to make sure it wasn't doing anything, and the eye was just shut. But the little remote was right next to it, so she reached over and grabbed it, clicked the button, clicked the button, and it ejected a tape from one of the from one of the uh, cameras and. By this point, the tornado sirens are going off in the background also. Um, it was a nice touch that the sirens sort of came on when the body, when the guy was, the zombie was essentially moving around. And then as she, like, 
you know, the, the, the zombie goes rushing at the, at the, ca- the camera that ejected the tape. And that's when she looks back at the, the head and she can see the eye is glancing around and then it looks straight at her. And when she next looks up, the zombie is rushing, is rushing at her. Oh, and that's right. One of the, one of the point when she was like clicking the light on off and on, one of the hands fell off. Yeah, his right hand fell. And she, you know, then like and she it was, was scurrying and it was, and it was crawling around on the floor and that caused, made her scream, which is one reason why the thing kept chasing her. But then as it's attacking her, uh, we then see a, a shot from one of the other cameras as the windows burst in and the tornado basically. Well, she fell over and you, you, it's ambiguous of whether or not the zombie got to her. Yeah. And then, then we just see the tornado hit the building. Oh, it was just such a great effect. Too. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a bunch of like static and jumbled stuff. And then when it, we finally get a steady image, the camera's like upside down. The place is wrecked. There's a chair embedded in the wall. And then we see her just sort of staggering unsteadily, but it's not clear if she's been bitten or turned or, or what, you know, cause the staggering around could just as easily have been shock. Yeah. Or, or the debris. Blast. Yeah, yeah it's and, her stumbling around because of the debris. That too, and just just sort of staggers off. Well, out, what what I found weird was she kind of like touched her torso all the way up her her body, like she didn't know who she was because it wasn't the same kind as if somebody was patting themselves down to check check, check for injuries or checking for injuries. It was like, oh, that's what this feels this, like. This is me. So that means is this what think, I am now? So do you think it was a soul transfer? Maybe. Because it acted I mean, like it wasn't a, it wasn't her in her own body. Nope. It you know I, and that's the good the something that's good about some uh, like shorter stories like this is that they're not going to give you full context on everything, and sometimes not having the context is what makes it kind of freaky. Um, but then the third one was the subject, the longest uh, entry in the whole uh, the whole thing. And it was by some Indonesian director, you said. Yeah. Uh, so we were trying to figure out what the language was because it didn't sound like anything we've we've heard before. So yeah. I had so I had to look up who the director was, and then when I saw that he was Indonesian, and then it was some point after that they mentioned Jakarta that this was you know that they were finding like the body parts you know in the like storm drains and stuff, and that's when it was you know as soon as they mentioned Jakarta, I was like, okay, yeah, that's Indonesia. Um, but the, the subject focuses on this mad scientist who they explain was like a expert prostheticist. Like he could make, he made like mechanical prosthetics for, for people who's like brilliant surgeon or, you know, engineer in that respect. But the, we don't find that out until like halfway through the, through the, uh, the entry as it's just him like speaking to the camera like in a very sort of clinical fashion about the various uh, subjects that he's been working on. And the first one we see, it just sort of opens on a head, on a, like a person's face with like a strap across the head, and then you can see that he has some sort of like collar on, and I'm like, what is this, Asian saw or something? And... It pans out, no, it's Asian Sid. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, Sid from Toy Story, we yeah, should say. Yeah, that's what I said, because of the way that it looked. It looked like that one thing that he had made where it was like the doll head and had the mechanical legs on it. Yeah, the spider legs, yeah. Um, because the, it was literally just this guy's head 
with on like a base that had like these mechanical like spider legs on them. And the guy just sort of wakes up from it, starts screaming, falls out of like the, the the thing that was ho- holding him in place, and you see it catch fire. And the doctor just sort of comes in and uh, sprays it down with a fire extinguisher. And we cut to another time, and he has two subjects, a guy and a, and a girl. Uh, he specifies them as like subject uh, male subject 98, female subject 99. And he then, we see him take the top of her head off. Uh, well, the, he, there's like a thing set up, you, but you see him take like the bone saw thing and cutting at the top of her head and you see him lift off like the cap of her skull and then lift out her brain. <laughs> and by this point, the, uh, the, the guy has woken up and he's got like, some sort of thing like a tube stuffed in his stuffed down his throat and he's like strapped down and everything but he's just sort of like shaking around on on his table and the doctor just sees like did i not dose you enough take you see him take up a syringe go over and jab it in the guy's eye and then from that point forward it we get a one of two different perspectives we either get a first person perspective because the doctor has at the time, we thought just like implanted a camera in her in her eye or something. We don't find out till later. It was like, nope, it was way more than that. Oh yeah. Uh, but we, it's like first person perspective from all this is she's like tied down to a bed, and she's like looking. She like looks around. She's like tries pulling her left arm, and then looks over at her right, and That's her hand is gone. It's just a stump. And. We also we get a few glimpses of him working on what's clearly the guy over on another table, as he's strapped a giant freaking cleaver to one of his arms. <laughs> it looks like Cloud's sword, the way it's shaped. Yeah, um, it did very look like a Buster sword <laughs> from like Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, probably not nearly as heavy. Oh well, yeah, I um, don't know, maybe. No, the, I think one of those like maker uh, YouTube channels that has like blacksmiths and stuff actually did try to make the Buster Sword, and said that it would be it was like way too heavy for any anybody to conceivably lift. Jesus. Um. And, but at any rate, and at, at this point, uh, she like you know they cut in and out a few times as he like is like making adjustments to whatever he's done to her. To, done to her head. He, he added a, a piece to her arm too, where it was like there was like a metal cuff of some sort by it, the stuff. It was like it was like it was you know like you can interchange it with whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, then that's when we get see her like glance over at a TV where there's like a news report, sort of explaining that uh, you know the people of the people in Jakarta are uh, looking for. That they're looking for this doctor, Doctor Suhendra, I believe is, I believe they gave his name as. Uh, that's where they explain, you know, that he's this. He was a prostheticist. A lot of uh, his patients were going missing. A lot of his patients have been going missing, uh, and they've been finding body parts, like in gutters and storm and uh, like storm drain channels and and everything. And she, you know, and he makes some comment about how nobody, nobody quite understands what he's trying to do that he's but that you know with her he he managed to prove that you know it's possible to blend flesh with metal kind of thing 
calls her like a neo-human. And then the SWAT team shows up. And at this point, I'm like, okay. He he also acknowledged that she recognized who she was. Yeah. Because she saw like her picture on the the TV. It was like the latest person to go missing kind of thing. In connection with, with him. And... Then the SWAT team shows up. I mean, I'm just like, hey, I bet these guys were all like in the raid movies. Because <laughs> the raid movies were Indonesian. So, hey, we, we need you guys for this part in this movie. Sure. And they're like, yeah, sure. I th- heck, Dr. Suhendra, I swear, was like the crime boss they were going, f- they were trying to arrest in the original raid movie. I, I still need to watch those. The, the, first one is, the first one is very good. The second one. Less of a raid. It's more. It's uh, continuing the story. More action. No, I mean they're all. Both of them were very action driven. No, but I mean, anyway, like outside of yeah, the outside building. outside of one building, it was more like going after an entire organization rather than one guy. Um, and the SWAT team, they they have a cameraman there as well. Uh, I think for the same reasons as the SWAT team in the framing story, for documentation purposes to show that you know. Uh, they got the they got the guy sort of thing, and they basically asked the guy to identify himself. You know, are you Doctor James Suhendra or whatever? And when they get the confirmation that they need, they just open up on him. Oh no! They they he said, well, "What do you think is going to happen now?" He's like, "Oh well, you're just going to take me, arrest me, put me somewhere." And he's like, "No." Walks back, tells them. Light him up, and just, pretty much, <clears throat> yeah. and told him to to cut it out when it was too much. Yeah. And well, and like, we're here to. He's like, our mission was here to well, rescue no, people. It, well, he didn't. You know, they all st- stopped shooting when he dropped. But it was the cameraman that they had who was just sort of like uh, made some sort of comment about uh, about him, and it's just sort of like don't f- don't forgive him for what he for what he did. <laughs> you know, we're here to. Uh, Kill this guy and rescue... Well, they said rescue victims. That was just extra. Yeah. And so then they... And then they... As they're basically fanning out looking for victims... One of them pulls the blanket off of uh, Subject 99's head... Because the doctor had thrown thrown one over her. And the cameraman sees, sees her... And one of the other SWAT guys comes over, sees her, and then eventually the commander as well. And they all of them sort of recoil a bit in shock. And they're very careful not to show what what's going on with her whenever they whenever it cuts to the SWAT cameraman's I mean, we perspective. We saw her like crab walking away. Well, and, and even the crab walking was literally just somebody like scrambling backwards. Yeah, but we got, we only got like a very very small glimpse of metal. Glimpse of metal in like more or less in place of the head, but we couldn't see exactly what was going on. But before that happened, they think that she's just dead cuz she hasn't been moving cuz she had like broken out of her restraints and started atta- and like punched him in the face with the metal cuff. And when she tried to like get and you know, tried to untie her feet, he got back up and started beating her with like a bedpan or something. And that's when the swap broke in. Yeah, and so but she was she she was just sort of like stunned and just sort of sitting there. And it wasn't until like the SWAT captain makes some uh, raises his gun like to 
put her out of her misery kind of thing. Or there was something, like she finally moved and they realized that she was still alive. And so then people are aiming guns. She's just sort of like raising her hand like, no, please don't, please don't shoot me. The please cameraman's don't. the one that noticed that she was the, the girl. They had rec- recognized that she was the missing girl. Uh, and the SWAT captain is just sort of like, she doesn't have, she doesn't have a soul anymore. Yep, and it's just like, I'm not taking, I'm not taking that back to her parents. Which, I mean, you could see that like, holy shit, like how, how could you do that? But taking what is left of her life mm-hmm. isn't really, and that's what the cameraman tried to say. Yeah, jo- like, Jono, the cameraman. Jono's just sort of like, that's not your decision, decision. to make. Um, and So I kind of see both sides, like, you don't want to take it to the parents, but I also know, don't, still kind of alive. Uh, Unless and, it's asked for a mercy killing. And then, I forget what it, what happened that distracted them from, from her. I think it was just like the door back out of that room had like shut and they were having problems getting it open no it's when she um i don't know i think he tried to pull the gun away from him or something or he went to shoot and something else happened and she scuttled away yeah and then they're just sort of like block the door yeah block the door and he tried to one of them tried to open the door and it wasn't working so he started shooting the the lock latch yeah and then as they start hauling it open you hear just like a little sound and I was like, shit, someone's got a mega buster. And the there was basically a proximity bomb or something attached to the door. And then the door like shuts again as the explosion like takes out some of the SWAT guys and like three of them. The three closest ones to mm-hmm. the captain and Jonah were both all right, and there were like one or two others that were elsewhere in the. So it's probably only two of them because I think six. Because they because they had like spread out to try to find other exits to make sure that she couldn't get away, and then there's like a recording that comes on of the doctor basically being like, "This is my this is my creation. You can't take it away from it's me." Like if you're hearing this, I'm already dead, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure you all die too. And like and like alarms start going off, and then. Uh, a couple of the SWAT guys go to investigate the body of the dude as, and then one of them gets too close as the arm just comes up and just sink, sinks that giant cleaver through, through his chest. And when he the sits up and the, the sheet comes off, comes off of him, like it's just got like weird ass thing. It was like the, one of the, uh, one of the boss type enemies in, Resident Evil Village the, from the, the from the, the factory eyes, level. The way the eyes were done reminded me of uh, uh, Short Circuit. Yeah. <laughs> or um, well, uh, but the, the skull or Mister Handy from uh, Fallout. Well, you know, the little. Think, well, I was also thinking of like because of the way the skull looked, it looked reminded me of all like the failed Robocop clones from Robocop Two. <laughs> yeah. The one that like walked out, pulled pulled, his, pulled, pulled the, the helmet off, just all skull and it screams and kills itself. Yeah. Um, and it turns out it's got a blade on the other arm too, and it just starts going to town on the SWAT guys. The, as Jono's like freaking out, and the captain finally like chucks a grenade at it, and then we, I think it cuts back over to her at at this point as she's just trying to get away from from all of this because by this point the SWAT guys are just like, "Fuck this, kill everything," pretty much, um, and. She's just sort of trying to make her way out of there, and the subject alpha, I think, is is what the credits 
called the the blade arm guy. He's just sort of chasing after her. She ends up falling, uh, darting sideways through a corridor to get away from some SWAT guys and all of this, and ends up falling into what was probably the doctor's bedroom. And she's just looking around, and there's, like, schematics there for other, like, components that he was presumably planning to graft onto people. And uh, one of them is a grenade launcher. (laughs) Looks like a... Big clipped machine gun, like with a barrel on it, mm-hmm. and and a grenade launcher. And she's and she's seeing like pictures of a woman that might have been her. I couldn't quite tell. I could have been other subjects. Could have been other subjects. And there's something there that was clearly like in a jar or something that was covered with a sheet. And as she's reaching for it, I'm like, "There's going to be a head in there." She pulls it off, and half of a head. But I was right. But and, yeah, it's, I think that was definitely the top half of her head. Once you see what happens, that's right. Because she, yeah, she pulls it off, sees the top half of a, of a woman's head in there, and her reaction to it, like sort of recoiling back, and then looking over at a mirror, like a in front of a sink uh, on the on a, on the wall. She then walks up to the to the mirror, and he, she, we finally get a chance to see that what he did to her and it's basically like she's just got this big ass like camera uh framework thing in place of the top half of her head like her mouth and jaw were still there and she starts screaming and it's distorted from i, I kept picturing her as looking more like the camera head centibite from hellraiser 3 though <laughs> uh if you don't know what that looks like just look it up because i don't really want to go like too spoilery on how that character looked mm. Um, and she starts like punching the mirror and I figured that's, that would have almost been a good place to end the, the segment, but it kept going as she wanders into more hallways and finds, uh, there was way more to this complex than what we saw. And there were way more subjects there than just the three that we, that we witnessed. Oh yeah. There was a shit ton. A lot of body horror. (laughs) As she's just looking around and seeing all these people, all these people with with machine parts like grafted onto them, some of them hanging from ceilings, she like hears somebody calling calling out "hello, hello," goes into a room and you can just see a head connected to some uh, some machinery and and stuff. Audio equipment, yeah, audio equipment, and it it when she like walks walks up close enough to so you can just make out that it's a head. It then, you know, its mouth moves and it just goes, you know, calls out to her and she like freaks out and runs out and she finds more of these, uh, poor, poor people, including this one woman on, on, uh, on the table, like her entire like torso had been opened up and there were just machine parts and everything all in it, blood all over the place. And she had like a metal like collar with wires and stuff in it. And she's just like looks looks at her and just you know is like help help me, and she unplugs her and you see her like just sort of seize up and dies. She was like more machine than person. At yeah, that and ninety nine just sort of closed closed her eyes at that point, and fi- then a SWAT guy shows up and it starts trying to shoot at her, and she you know scrambles for cover, knocks over a equipment table, and there were a bunch and. That's where you see we saw the grenade launcher or the gun mod sort of thing. 
that she grabs, plugs into her uh, into her stump with the cuff, and then we get uh, it's like the level that that scene from the Doom movie or from Hardcore Henry, <laughs> as she just you know starts opening up on SWAT guys with the machine gun and built into this thing, and it's just it was an interesting take on it, but we got to see some gore. At, even more gore, like when she snapped that pipe off the wall and shoved it through the guy's head. Jesus, yeah. She not only, not only did that, but she also like yanked dragged, it. She, well, she dragged it with him connected to it, like to like a corner into a wall, into yeah. a wall, and then she used the machine gun and like essentially, I want to say pistol whip, but she pretty much bashed him in the head with Thumped it. Thumped him with it. <laughs> he his head went backwards, but the pipe took his jaw with it. Yeah. Just sort of dislocated. I gotta say, a lot of this had a lot of good physical and a practical. Uh-huh. There was a lot of there were some CG, I think, in the subject for some of that. But like yeah. the, um, but yeah, it was they went for practical over CG as much as possible, and I always do appreciate that. Um, but eventually, she like uh, gets injured or she and she runs and then she like catches one one of them and she like shoves him against the wall and she has like the gun to his face and that that's when i realized that's the cameraman as he's just sort of like you know pleading with her not not to kill him and he's like what do you he's like what do you want and she just says to live he's like yeah so do i let's get out of here uh and then as they're over there and as just as they're getting to like a set of stairs leading towards an exit SWAT captain shows up and starts open, starts he shooting knocked, he knocked her down the stairs and started shooting at her yeah and he when the, the the gun gets empty he just comes up and just starts like tearing pe- components out of out of her head and is like bashing her with like his, with the butt of his with the butt of his gun and then Jono the cameraman just kills the SWAT captain with his sidearm and then as he goes to try to help uh, her back up, Subject Alpha comes comes charging in and just, you know, starts ripping him apart. And... Tore off both of his arms. Tore off his arms and was like had been, like, stabbing him. And she gets up, goes over to Subject Alpha and just tears the top of his head. The top just of keeps his, tearing at the top of his head. And then like rips, the rips the brain out of, out of his skull. And Alpha just finally collapses, and she, by this point, is like injured herself and just sort of collapses on the floor, looking at Jono, who's just sort of like gives her a nod of like, "Thank you uh, for saving him him from killing me." But he dies, and the oh, battery, past dead. yeah, the ba- the battery uh, in her camera died, and then we finally get get like a surveillance camera showing the three of them, you know, all lying there on the ground, and then there's like a little like flicker cut in the camera and then we see her like staggering like clearly just still like in shock and you know stumbling stumbling around because well her body's been fucked up and just staggering out of the building uh but then in the final bit of frame framework before the last segment this is where uh i there, there is something that important with this because Slater, the big SWAT guy, is still is still like we need to get the fuck out of here, and the two uh, lady SWATs with him were just sort of were like telling him, 
to shut up or something. We gotta continue the mission. They, yeah, we gotta continue the mission. And they're passing like a bank of TVs, and there was a sound coming from one of them that made him stop, turn around, and look at it. And he then sort of collapses to his knees, like I never thought I'd hear that again. And then it cuts into the next segment, which uh, was called Terror. And the the noise coming from it was like a siren bell. Uh, That's a weird bell. Very weird, distinctive sounding thing. And we're in this. Well, we'll just go ahead and call it what it is—a militia compound somewhere in. I, I'm going to guess Montana. It's a Detroit. Detroit. That's right. It was in somewhere in Michigan. Uh, as you know, the siren sirens go, going off, and we see a bunch of these militia guys, including uh, one that has a cameraman, because they all they believe that they they're in the right with all this, so they're documenting it so that they can show the world, see we were right, sort of thing. Part of their push along <clears throat> the agenda. Yep, and they go into this into this cage that they have in this barn. And there's a man in in there, pleading you know, for his life. Pleading for his life, and they just shoot him in the head, and he just sort of. Cla- they just kind of leave after that, and then the siren, the siren's been, the siren's uh, switched off by this point, and they're basically just a bunch of fascist, you know, ultra right wing, you know, racist fucks. Uh, I mean, they never said anything about race throughout the entire thing. It was heavily implied because. Uh, they they're using the, the they refer to the leader as Herr Commandant, and the and the and the wording that they put on the on the box that they oh, were, okay. was also said Guten Morgen, you know, good morning. Um, it's you know very it feels very much like they were meant to that the, like they were meant to be racist. They may not have said anything specifically racist, but um, like I said, very heavily implied. I they were staking out a place that they were going to... Uh, gov- a government building in Detroit. going to blow up and... But as, and they, like, drove up there in a van. They sent one of them out with, like, a camcorder to... And a walkie-talkie as he's, like... I'm, like, I'm seeing a bunch of uh, sur- surveillance, surveillance cameras. cameras. There's About guards, like, there. Uh, but they're, you know, trying to determine, like, the right point of entry sort of thing. And there's... But they were they were making comments about how there's not enough sunlight there, you know. Like that's the entrance, but we need sunlight. And it's like we, you know, we have a we have like a weather window that we need to hit, kind of thing, because it was they really, need sunlight. For we were like, what reason. the fuck does that mean? Well, whatever. And they they make some comment about how they're going to uh, set loose the beast or the abomination or whatever. And I'm just thinking, okay, they're going to set set off a bomb, but there's something in the building that's gonna that's gonna fuck fuck it up for them, but. When then when they come back to the compound, a cop shows up with a. Oh no! Pe- the alarm was going off again. Yeah, and, and the, they shot the same guy in the head. Yeah, and at first I was like, "Wait, is that the same guy?" And are they just showing us the same clip again? What the hell is going on? But no, there were different people in the room at at, at that time. Yeah, it's like the commandant was still was still in there, but there were other people involved. And then the uh, then we get the. Police police officer shows up with a pickup truck loaded with uh, like a fifty cal machine gun and a bunch of AR fifteens, and it wasn't until after the after this the segment was over and we cut back to the framework that I realized that was Slater. 
Um, and in between all this, the commandant, you know, makes some, you know, speeches about how, you know, there's a black cancer in the heart of this country and we've got to, we've got to burn it out or, you know, typical sort of, uh, weird. militia, weird, right, you know, pseudo right wing. Always claiming it's, they were getting the word from Jesus. Yeah. Christ Jesus. the King, Christ the King and, and all that. And while he's up there shaking his hand, like, don't, don't bring me into your shit. Well, yeah, and yeah, at, at that point they did bring the cop onto on camera, and the commandant sort of shook him, shook him by the hand. And well, even before that part, as they were unloading the stuff from the back of the truck, you know, Slater was made some comments about how you know there are a lot of pe- there are a lot of cops out there that don't like what's going on in the White House and all that. They they're just waiting for for patriots like you to start start the start the movement or whatever. Typical sort of. BS. All cops are bad, etc., etc., etc. But then we finally get another glimpse of them shooting the same guy in the head again. But this time, we see what they usually do afterwards, where they sort of carefully prop up the body and tilt the head so that the blood drains out of it into a funnel that they take into a bucket. And... It's like they made some comments about how have you tested, tested your weapon? Oh yeah, they, they put him on the spot when they're doing his little speech. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, 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 of course. And then we see them actually testing it as they take like a bunny rabbit, inject it with something. Well, and well, no, but when they were draining the blood from the from the guy's head, they made they made sure to say, don't make sure you don't get any of that on you, and. At that point, I'm like, is this supposed to be the goo or whatever from Ratma or something? Um, but then we see them take, you know, with like a needle or something, or maybe, or maybe like a bit of like a food dye, like injector kind of thing. But they take this bunny rabbit, they put a little bit of the, inject it with the blood or pour a little bit of blood onto it, stick it in a cage, put it, it out a into a rabbit. Food. I didn't see any red on it, so I'm guessing they injected, injected it. it. Okay. But they put it in a little, like, rabbit hutch cage thing, took it into a field, and f- then as they're, like, getting it set up and everything, the, uh, they're like... Get the fuck back, the sun's coming up. The sun's coming up, get, get, get down, everybody, and it, so they all get down, there, there's, nothing happens, and then finally it's just sort of like, the clouds must have been in the wet, boom, and then suddenly the rabbit explodes. That's like a gigantic explosion. And... Then they're all just celebrating. It's just like it works. It actually works. And then we uh, saw them d- doing a test run of their device, which was literally just like a big wooden crate had their like militia's logo on it with Guten Morgen, and he had like a little remote switch that he was going to click. And it, in theory, what it was supposed to do was all four sides were supposed to open at once, but instead they fell like just two sides fell apart. And the guy that built it is just sort of like, I need a component. He's, and the commandant's like, well, now you're going to have to go and get it tomorrow, which means we, we're, we're go to do this the day after. So let's get drunk. <laughs> he says it in a way they couldn't understand. And it's like, it was, you're, you know, corks high and, and uh, bottle deep. I mean, it means let's get drunk and party. <laughs> well, it means let's get shit-faced. Come on, let's go. Oh, that moonshine. Oh, yeah, because they were drinking it out of mason jars and shit. Um Although I think there were some actual like other actual like booze and liquor to hand, but there was there was some moonshine being passed around. Yeah. 
Well, what do you? What's the best thing to do before you're trying to do a mission that has highly volatile explosives? Well, material? no, this was like two days before they were going to do it, so it's not like, in theory, it's not like they were going to be hungover on the day. Yeah. Still, you're around that kind of material. Mm-hmm. And we see a bunch of them, you know, sort of drunkenly pulling pranks on one another, like the sound recorder guy, you know, record equipment is getting like poked into a guy's ass. They're like We're sword fighting with it. Outside. Yeah. And then, uh, one of them, uh, goes into the, goes into the barn where they have the, the guy, the surveillance guy mm-hmm. and watching them. And the surveillance guy's name is Steve. And we all, we recognize who Steve was cause he was the guy that had the big black eye. They never explained that. I took that to just mean that he probably got punched in the face by one of the other guys over something stupid. Wasn't he one of the guys who was like the vicinity kind of got knocked back by the exploding rabbit? Yeah, but he had the black eye before that. Okay. He had the black There's... eye from like the beginning of the segment. I wasn't paying attention to his eye. That was eye. just something he actually had. Yeah, I th- well, and I, I personally just think that's a good way to help identify him. You know, because you're not necessarily getting good glimpses at a lot of these guys. And a lot of them are just it's sort of... It's all VHS quality. It's all VHS quality, and they're all like fat white guys with beards. There's like one guy that had a handlebar mustache, but that's about it. Um, so he's trying to get the, the surveillance guys, oh, come on, man, get drunk with and us. The, and he's just sort of like, fuck off, I'm on duty kind of thing. He's like, I'm trying to work and here, And then somehow, it. next scene, he's already in the cage with Well, because they keep calling him a pussy. And they want him to go in and uh, like piss on the, piss on the guy. And he said, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. But they, like, peer pressure him into going into the cage, and the guy is still dead. Like, the body's sort of sat there slumped, but uh, the guy hasn't come back to life or whatever. And they, like, he, like, props the guy up. He's like, you dare me to kiss him? You dare me to kiss him? Yeah. Yeah. French him. French him. And then, like, he slips. Or no, like, the the body, like, slumps, and the, so, like, the head. matter gets into his mouth. And then, he, and as he like shoves the body away, he then slips and just falls onto the onto the ground, and it's just like there. And you see, there's a bunch of like blood all over the all over the floor. And then we cut to what's like the next morning as the alarm is going off again. Everybody, Wait, comes, who's on duty? You know, and so they run, they go over to the barn. They find a body on the ground, uh, dead. And they're like, "That's Terry." You know who who was supposed to be who was supposed to be on duty and like one like the guy with the handlebar mustache or whatever is just like that was me I was, it was I was supposed to do it I think it's Steve Steve was on duty last night and then they hear something growling inside the barn and one of the guys by this point has gotten in the back of their technical when he's on the fifty cal and the co- commandant's like don't shoot that thing until I tell you don't shoot at all yeah um and. Then there's, there's like a growl and a head gets chucked out of the out of the building. The guy on the on the fifty cal freaks out, starts shooting, but of course none of them have actually used this thing because they literally just got it the the day before, and so he's not used to the recoils. Just like and he's all over the place, shoots up two of his buddies. Yeah, that's <laughs> the reason why one of them said, "I got a boner now." <laughs> <laughs> No, I think he said that I got a boner because they were they. It was when they were transporting the the fifty That's cal. True. But it's like the guy and the guy won't stop shooting, so the commandant has well, to I mean, shoot him. It's because if you're you've got all that reverberation, you either yeah. let go and you, you or you lock up. Yeah, and so he just popped like five shots in the back of his head. 
and then and they're still like calling into the building and then Steve starts stumbling out and they're Steve you're covered in this shit don't come no, out they say Steve you're covered in vampire blood don't come any close boom and that's when we get the realization of holy fuck that guy that kept killing over and over again is a vampire it explains why he's why they why he keeps coming back to life and they have a timed alarm for no it's not a timed alarm I, I took it to mean that they have somebody on surveillance when they see the guys alive again hit the button to set off the alarm. I thought it would be like a timed one because they know how long it takes for it to regenerate. I don't know. That wouldn't explain why you'd have somebody on surveillance duty for, this, uh, for it. Make sure he doesn't get the fuck out. Maybe. But, so then they go in, they all like arm up and they go into the building trying to find, you know, find what's, find the vampire. He, the kind of vampire when you actually get to see him, he like bites somebody's face off. And it looks similar to how they looked in Blade Two. Blade, Blade Two, two yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I was but gonna... Blade Two had more of kind of like almost a predator mouth. This one was like all the way down the neck almost. Yeah. Um, and we did get a brief glimpse of the vampire before he like fully vamped out, as just like the cameraman is like looking around in, inside there, and he looks down this one thing, and you can just see like a humanoid shape and two like glints for the eyes. Before the commandant says something, camera whips back to look at him, and when it turns back to look down that hallway again, he's gone. But they can hear the vampire like moving around upstairs. upstairs. And one of them finally goes up into the into the loft, and vampire suddenly shows up. That's when we get to see like the the unhinged jaw and you know and everything as it bites the dude's face off, and they're like shooting up there. It's like I think I got it. Yeah, I fucking did. And so cameraman and commandant go up there, and they're looking around trying to find trying to find it, and it like attacks the like pops up behind the commandant, and the cameraman takes out his like sidearm, starts shooting, ends up clipping the commandant's leg before the vampire uh, slips away, then like flanks the cameraman, knocks him out, and like chews chews off part of his face. And then the vampire just goes over and drags the commandant into the cage. The commandant just which sort of, we now see that the cage had. We, we first we were seeing all the crosses. We're like, what the hell? And I noticed the white things. And I'm like, put two and two together. Once we found a vampire, it's all garlic all over it. Yeah, not that it did anything. Neither of them did anything. But it stands to reason why they would put garlic and crosses all over the place because they know it's a vampire. Well, it's it's kind of like, uh, what was it in the first Blade film where he's like, yeah, garlic and crosses don't do shit. Yeah. Um, but, the and, you know, and the commandant's just sort of kneeling there in, in the cage just sort of, you know, praying, you know, Christ the king, Christ the king. As the vampire just goes over to a little control console, slaps a button which makes... Like the door, like the, the roof open. The roof open up. Sunlight comes in, boom, and we just see the, like it, an explosion. Everything wipes out, uh, and then we cut back to the framework, where turns out the you know the two uh, females on the SWAT team were in on whatever was going on inside the warehouse, and it's literally just like super underground, like. Ex, horror snuff. Like horror snuff kind of kind of things. VHS only, you know, and they're they're taking off their like SWAT uniforms and they've got like 
like some white clothing on underneath and that's literally what they're there for you know chicks in white suits fucking shit up she also mentions we're the final girls yeah we're your final girls which is a nice uh, nice touch back to other movies the final girl there's always one you know it's them when they take off whatever clothing they usually have and it's like a white tank top or a white shirt at mm-hmm. the end you know that's so, the final girl and it's a trope it's hard as hell that's true slashers. that's true uh and you know slater by this point is like just tied to a chair and one of them just takes cameraman gary's camera because gary got killed uh prior to the previous to prior to the terror segment and she just literally smashes his face in using the uh using the camera as it's getting all cracked and everything that's some really good effects mm-hmm. and then they're fi- they like then use this the cracked camera thing to just film sl- what's left of Slater's head and it's like there's our there's the money shot we got it what are we going to call this and then just roll VHS credits VHS 94 <laughs> it was yeah i mean like I said, I'm not really one for horror. The empty, the empty wake is the one that's probably going to keep, you know, and 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 the storm drain are probably both going to be in the back of my head for for a while. <laughs> empty, the empty wake especially because just the ones, the ones where it's like nothing is scarier, where there's like very very little going on, but just it ratchets up the tension. Is the kind of stuff that just makes me be like, no. It's gonna it's gonna happen, and then I'm gonna be scared, and it's gonna and it's gonna just be in the back of my head forever. Well, that's why we watched it midday instead yeah. of at night. Midday in a dark basement, dimly lit. <laughs> when you pulled the blinds on the on the basement door to make sure there wasn't any sunlight coming in. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> well, it was gonna be shining in my eyes. This I didn't is want true. that shit. I mean, that's I, why we usually I, uh, when it comes to there. when it comes to like. The creepy horror stuff is the stuff that I that I like and simultaneously hate because of you know because of how it's going to sit in the back of my head. It's why I liked some of the some of the Slenderman stuff like uh, Marble, Marble Hornets, Hornets and Everyman Hybrid. Although Everyman Hybrid got a little bit ha- harder for me to follow because they kept doing a whole bunch of like, crossover stuff with other Slenderman and oh. related uh, YouTube channels. But Marble Hornets, because so much of it was just like nothing is going on. But you rec- you start picking up on the little telltale signs that something is happening. So, bringing it back to this, uh, how how did you feel overall being one of your first horror casts? I liked it. I did. I did like it. It was very well done. Yeah, like like you said, the 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 special effects and everything, and being practical. A lot mm-hmm. of most of it was practical, and if some of it was CG, it it did. The some of you could tell which ones were full on CG. Of course, like the spider. Bo- the mechanical body with the head, but some most of the practical effects look really, really good. And because and, and, and because they were they good. were also deliberately putting the quality back a, uh, a couple of decades to fit in the '90s framework, that helped hide some of the, the places where the practical effects might fail. Um, uh, I actually really enjoyed this. Uh, kind of makes me want to. You said the first two were the best. The first two were really good also. Like, I kind of want to go back and watch the first two also. Did, did you want to try to do like a binge for that for just us? Unless, uh, I'm, good probably, old I'm probably not going to join in on that. But, <laughs> oh, we can like, do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was a good This was a good little anthology. F- uh, favorite of them all. 
Because like you could say the framework, but the framework's just yeah, framework, framework. Frameworks, yeah. But it, it did work in. It worked. It, it worked with. How and it, it was did all mention stuff like the, at the beginning. It mentioned the goop. Yeah. People were being found with that goop, so that was Ratma. I saw the coffin in between some of the segments. There might have been some glimpses of some of the stuff from uh, mechanical stuff, yeah. probably bodies. But yeah, I think that was supposed to be in the segment immediately preceding it, probably. Yeah. And then terror, obviously, the biggest tie in there was Slater. Yep. Um, so, which one did you like? Which one would you say would be your favorite, or put them in order of most to least? I would probably go Empty Wake, Subject, uh, Storm Drain, but those two are real close. It's hard for me to pick between the two, but the Empty Wake is just a study in minimalism with all of that. Um, and then uh, Terror, rounding it out. Because I'm, I'm, I'm leaving... Uh, uh, the framework out of it. Okay. I would say if we do anything, it would be terror would be wrapped in with the framework. Well, except it's it does sort of stand alone on by itself, yeah. but it does tie into the framework. But I'm keeping terror by itself. Uh, I have to say probably my favorite one is probably you know the funeral one. Yeah, the wake. The uh, wake. The wake. Uh, just because of like the way it was just done, where it just. Like, you could see hers, just like, past the time, you just kept sitting there going, okay, when's shit gonna happen? It was slow. It was a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment, I, looking back on it now, it may just have been the way the light was sort of falling on, like, a decoration on the wall by the, by the uh, door frame leading into the room but it looked it looked like there was somebody standing there when the lights when the lights went out and when there's when they didn't film anything and you're putting stuff in your own head oh you yeah. did a good job yeah when but that's just how the how, so that was how, that was your favorite did you want to put them in any particular order uh not really um like that one i'd have to say is my top favorite um it's really hard for me to place the last one because I don't know why. For some reason, I felt like that one was kind of like the weakest one of them. Oh, terror. Yeah, but oh, okay. that's just my opinion. Just because I, it just felt a little too out of place. Because well, all of them have their own different kind of set and genre. Because like yeah. the first one was pretty serious, but then got comedic. Um, the second one was very, very good. I thought it was probably the best one out of all of them. The wake. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I really like the uh, the third one. Yeah, the subject. The, the subject was very well done. Um, um, very, I had like soma vibes from that with the yeah, body. Yeah, so, so I'd have to say my my two favorite ones is the subject and the wake. Yeah, okay. For me, it would be wake would be number one mm-hmm. for sure. I did like the subject and Ratma. They for their own reasons. And I like their take in terror on vampire. Yeah. The reason why they can't go out in sunlight. They can't because, boom, explosions. Yeah. Like, a lot of stuff, oh, other movies show them just like, oh, they fall to ashes, they turn to stone, some other crap, or just vanish into ash. Or they just here. catch on fire, maybe not burn to ash, but they just start burning alive. Or some sparkle. There's, those aren't vampires. I'm sorry. Those are glitter trolls. Not, not, <laughs> don't, don't demean trolls by lumping them in with that. Yes, the, 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 the... Glitter fairies in the Twilight novels are not vampires. Don't at me. Or no, you know what? Go ahead, at me. I don't give a fuck. They are not vampires. You can fuck off with that. Overall, I really enjoyed it. It Definitely, people were saying it is a a bring back to VHS 1 and 2. Unfortunately, nobody else but me can really say that amongst the three of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
but it was but it was a good little uh, intro to Horror Fest. Um, what else are we planning for this uh, for this year? Ah, crap. Because uh, you had like some trick or treat. Trick or treat is another anthology. Different people. Uh, the director or the frame because that's artist. like one of your favorite like horror movies. It's it's so good because I got um, I've seen it. Like I got three I times. got you the little like figure for it or whatever for. Uh, you got me a Sam. Yeah. Didn't I? I'm pr- I swear I did. Or maybe I went in on, on buying it f- with somebody else. Regardless. But yeah, I, think, I got I you think that. Zeke bought me the Sam um, Funko. I think I might have c- gone in on Havsies or something on that. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, Trick or Treat. Um, I also have like a three to four foot tall uh, <laughs> Sam that holds a... <coughs> uh, like a candy, candy bowl. Dish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got Trick or Treat. Uh to come and then peninsula peninsula that's right um i'm assuming i won't have to have we were supposed seen... to do that last year <laughs> yeah you were, we were supposed you were supposed to but uh i think it was just like everything uh, got in the way yeah there was like people's work schedules got in the way and and everything um but yeah we got a bunch of uh there's a whole bunch of stuff uh you got you and you and chris and maybe zeke will probably make use of uh shutter while you have your I asked, uh, I asked Zeke what he would want to watch. I said, hey, you want to watch, do something with Shudder, check it out, see what you would want to put on it. He's like, I'm not really a horror fan. I was like, really? He's like, I'm more of a suspense uh, kind of thing. I was like, oh, well. Well, damn. at any rate, uh, we do have more stuff planned for uh, horror cast this year, which I will be joining in joining in with. And then, of course, next month we'll be, do, we'll be if, covering the John Carpenter Apocalypse trilogy. If we don't do a binge of this, I really want to sit down and watch that with you. What, Behind the Mask? Yes. Okay. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. <laughs> Love this movie. It's a mockumentary kind of thing. It is ridiculously good. Okay. And I cannot boast this enough. And if you're, right. if you're a fan of any kind of slasher, you'll get a kick out of it because it makes mention that the slashers that we watch on the movies are real in this world. They have existed. Those mo- aren't movies. Those are documentaries. Okay, that's an interesting take on it. I like. And then, it. if you're a fan of slashers, I, I've been a been a bleh, bleh. I, I've been a big fan of not being able to use words and function in English. <laughs> we um, all have those moments. I'm a fan of, of Friday the Thirteenth. I always have been. I love I like slasher movies. And if you're a big slasher fan like I am, I highly recommend at least the first couple Hatchet movies and Behind the Mask: Rise of Leslie Vernon. Okay, really, really good. This is just sort of reminding me. I need to, I need to find some. Also, a uh, zombie fan, by the way. There's an indie wrestler who has like a slasher sort of gimmick. Calls oh. himself the Carver of Cutter's Alley. <laughs> um, but at any rate, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Horror Cast. So for Chris and Sam, I am Jay, and we will see you next week. Keep spooky. <laughs> You've been listening to a Bored to Death Horror Cast. Our back library of episodes can be found on YouTube or CKCC Radio. We will find you when it's time to binge and purge. Mm-hmm.